1: it starts hello everyone john pollock along with waiting day one g1 of 19 how are you way
0: day one g1 of 19 yes it begins you know we are um we're we're past the starting line we're we're and they're off this
1: yeah there's no there's no turning back at this point we we've committed we got to finish the race
0: nope the pistol's gone off um it's 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 the tour de france it's whatever your favorite marathon is um we're in it now no turning back
1: well we are going to be your g1 uh guide throughout the next month uh for those that are listening to this uh our g1 coverage for the first time welcome if you're a new member of the post wrestling cafe or for this Very first show, we are also putting it out for everybody. A sneak peek of what is to come over the next month. We will have shows every day that there is a G1 event to cover. So, uh, welcome everybody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so
0: uh, if you're on the fence about it, listen to this show. If you happen to enjoy what you like, if you happen to somehow sample this first uh, day of the G1, uh, and if you want to come back for more, consider signing up for the Post Wrestling Cafe, which is our Patreon, of course. Uh, you should probably know that by now. But postwrestlingcafe.com, $6 a month, gets you not only every G1 post show, but Rewind a SmackDown, Rewind Away, uh, Ask Away coming out on Tuesday. So, by the way, get your questions in, everybody, this weekend. As well, our Iraqi pic, uh, reviews, our uh, MCU reviews, our entire archive of everything we've done on our Patreon. Uh, all that for $6 a month.
1: Yeah. And, you know, not not to go over it uh, too much, but I mean, this is like one of our well, it is, I think, our biggest month of the year. And it's the support on the Post Wrestling Cafe that a lot of this it goes back into the site as well. That helps with a lot of the free content that we produce as well. So uh, you're helping out with the site. And I think it is a fantastic value, if I do say so myself, that you have over this next month. I think it's least, a big
0: rip off, John.
1: Well, you could you could have that opinion as well. I mean, maybe there's people that are gonna listen to this free sample and they're gonna say eighteen more of this? These <laughs> nerds? What is a double double with milk match? These guys have lost their mind. I'm going to sign up for the athletic. I don't know.
0: <laughs> is that the alternative?
1: I guess it's us or the athletic right. that's people's uh, They probably where their budget hits their Limit I guess I doubt they have coffee ratings At the athletic so Don't think they do just saying Uh So anyway that's going to be Coming up over the next month and you also By signing up for the cafe it does give you Access uh, to go back to listen To all of our past shows and That goes back to 2017 You have 70 rewind Aways to catch up on uh Between now and tomorrow's G1 show that is correct,
0: and uh, if you allow me the space one more time, John, to give one more plug, and that is for store.postwrestling.com, where we currently have a 25% off everything sale going on from now until Monday, so go to store.postwrestling.com. If you've had your eye on one of our t-shirts, whether it be a Rocky Mike via Picture Show shirt, a Post Pro ProRes shirt, our Marvel t-shirt, or our Post Wrestling logo shirt, or a toque or a hat, Anything in the store right now is 25% off, but you have to, have to, have to use the special secret. Well, not so much of a secret, but special promo code, Yujiro. Y-U-J-I-R-O. Use that at checkout. From now until Monday, you get 25% off anything.
1: Yeah, I could only imagine those that maybe would not be familiar with the spelling, how many misspellings you would get of Yujiro. To try and get the sale, if you weren't familiar. I mean,
0: it's really right up on the banner in the store. So if you really forget, there's no excuse.
1: Uh, It's just a a code to prove that you're listening. That's essentially what the obstacle is for you to overcome to get your item uh, at a discounted price. A great sale going on. Store.postwrestling.com throughout the weekend. Check all of that great stuff out. And uh, we also have Rewind to SmackDown that just went up on Friday night. Review of SmackDown and going through... All of the latest news items, uh, the latest with uh, the Matt Riddle story, the AEW and NXT ratings, uh, looking ahead to tonight's uh, Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington fight, and you can also hear what our G1 predictions were for these shows, so see how well we did or did not do. But uh, we'll also see how Wei Ting fared after day one in the in the big pool. Where is Wei sitting atop the the post-wrestling family? Well, Chris Engler uh, has, again, graciously come up with the, our
0: Thank you, everybody, for submitting uh, your picks, by the way. We had 432 entries this year, and Chris Engler was uh, up early this morning, tabulating everything. So by the end of this podcast, we will update everybody on our top rankings, and most importantly, the rankings of C-Block. The coveted C-Block.
1: The big C-Block. I mean, that is what everyone's attention is going to be on. Not not the, the, little, the little A-Block that's getting all the shine. No, it's going to be the unofficial C-Block.
0: Yeah, that is correct.
1: Well, with that said, Wei, shall we dive into the first night of the G1 from Osaka on Saturday? Let's go. So here we have um, the show, No English Commentary. It seems that the the utilization of Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly is kind of going to be up in the air of what shows are going to be used. and uh, They would be used, and I think a lot of it just comes down to the... I guess, technical limitations, and hopefully there is some presence of them later on as the tournament gets going, but uh, I'll say, like, I really enjoy the English commentary, but I equally enjoy the Japanese commentary as well, so it wasn't a big issue for me, but I would be curious of newer fans of New Japan that it has been a constant these last couple of years of having that English commentary that is not present at the start of the tournament.
0: I think, you know, for you or I, like, like people who have followed it for a while and are familiar with maybe a lot of the characters in the storylines, it, it, it doesn't make that big of a difference. But I mean, I, I would imagine G1, you know, much like Wrestle Kingdom is like one of their big jumping on points for a lot of people perhaps wanting to sample New Japan. And I think to them, not having somebody explain a lot of these things is definitely a detriment. Um... You know, like you said, I imagine it it just comes down probably to technical limitations and really just having the manpower and the resources to set all that stuff up. I would imagine you will get English commentary recorded after the fact, uploaded at a later time, Mm -hmm. Uh, but unfortunately not live. But you know what? I mean, maybe for a lot of people, depending on the turnaround, that might not make that big of a difference anyway, because you might end up watching it probably not
1: live. Uh, in the in the setup here, I mean, you could definitely see some empty seats on the second level. They also seem to have retired the um, maybe the worst gimmick of the year, which was the cheer boo app.
0: Yeah, that thing really didn't work out very well. I mean, the timing of it was no good. It sounded really, really artificial. Um, maybe they're tinkering it. Maybe we get it back in the future that where it sounds better. But I definitely prefer what we had today. Did the crowds look more full to you than usual?
1: It, there were a lot of people here. The announced attendance was 2,401. And, and do you know what the capacity of the stadium might be, or the arena? Uh, this is this is Edeon Arena, so it's, like, several thousand more that can fit in this, I, w- uh, I want to say.
0: Right, okay. I guess I'm just curious if they, like, you know, um, increased the limitations or anything, like, since the last time we, we've had a New Japan show.
1: I can look up the... Uh, okay, so uh, last last year uh i'm just looking at a sellout is uh 50 pretty much like 5500 people so it was this is like half just just over 50 percent, yeah
0: okay um and that's more than like what they were doing before right which was a third wasn't it
1: yeah yeah so this is half they're up up to now um it seemed like a lot of people like just uh from the eye test like it looked like a lot of people um it, it, that, it was that were there
0: de- to me it definitely looked more dense than usual um and I guess significant in that, like, it felt like the most, like,
1: normal uh, of a wrestling crowd we've had since the pandemic? It, like, to me, of the New Japan shows I've watched, this was the one that the atmosphere it didn't feel any different. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there were... You're not getting the cheering, you're not getting the singing for the songs, but... The clapping, is, like, to me, this the audience was not any kind of uh, detriment to the overall feel of the show. Like, they yeah. enhanced matches in particular places, even though it was a more subdued crowd, knowing, like, the limitations of cheering.
0: But I, I totally agree with you. Like, it wasn't really like some of the other shows where I think there were spots where you really felt the lack of atmosphere at times. Like, this felt very close to your standard presentation of a G1.
1: We opened with uh, Yota Suji and Yuya Yuimura in the Young Lions match, and we will be seeing lots of these two, along with Gabriel Kidd uh, throughout all of these 19 events. And uh, they-, they had a good opener here. Yuimura was uh, working for the arm bar and going for a Kimura. Uh, Suji was able to get out by grabbing the rope, but selling the arm, he was, uh, came back with like uh, some power towards Yuimura. And then Yuimura hits a beautiful drop kick of his, does the overhook suplex. Applies the Boston Crab. The crowd is rallying behind Suji. He's fighting and fighting for the rope. Uh, Suji gets pulled back into the center, and then Yui Mura transitions to the Lion Tamer version of the Boston Crab, and instantly Suji submits in seven minutes. Uh, I thought really a strong closing minute or so uh, between these two.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. As you would typically expect from these two, uh, or really any of the young lines uh, at their standard. Um, it, it's not just a, a great like opportunity to to see what i don't know what they could do with their limited offense but more importantly a, a way to see how great their fire is how great their selling is and i thought yota Yotasuji in this line tamer um he had some great struggling um it's it's going to be the first of a million matches between these two and gabriel Kidd. i can't tell you that how many i'm committing myself to watching i don't know if i'll be watching every single one but definitely to start off, um, I, I'd more than welcome, you know, one, uh, uh, several of these. Um, they're they're always entertaining. And we'll, how about this clean-shaven, hair-permed Yotosuji?
1: He had, like, Haku hair going here.
0: Yeah, it's a new look. Um, you know, new G1, new me.
1: Maybe he was getting inspired by this Dragon Gate cage match that's coming up on Monday. Um where one of the stipulations is Yamato having to straighten his hair. Oh okay so he's doing the opposite he lost Maybe he thought you know what who needs a stipulation I'm it's time to, for me to address my hair.
0: The perm is um I think it's going to make a comeback or at least Yotasuji Yota I think is is trying to bring
1: it back. Okay well we will see. These opener these opening matches they almost beg for some kind of um story to emerge out of them because I really hope it's not just 19 cold matches that start things off. I hope we see some things from match to match that progress and there does become something that these guys are fighting for amongst the three of them. It would probably be more beneficial if there were like two others involved as well. But with these three, um, you don't want to just, they become the, the opener that is just kind of, they're on an Island and they're just having these good, but, very simple seven-minute matches.
0: Completely agreed. I think it's a huge opportunity for these three because they are, you know, one of six matches on the show. And that definitely increases the importance of all of these appearances. So it's a great opportunity for them to do something with the Young Lions and for the Young Lions themselves to really make, make a mark.
1: The tournament proper begins with Yujiro and his platinum blonde hair taking on the returning Will Ospreay, who comes out uh, wearing the British heavyweight title and... I forgot thanked-
0: he was this champion. I forgot the existence of this this belt. We hadn't yeah. seen it in so long.
1: The British heavyweight title is there, and he was acknowledging the crowd, thanking them for his applause. The man looked genuinely happy to be back in front of an audience. And... Yeah. He, I, he, I he looked like yeah. a kid in a candy
0: store if that kid had had been banned from all candy stores for, like, seven months. You know, like, it's – I'm sure it's a huge difference going from nothing to wrestling in front of, like, 2,000 people like this.
1: Yeah, and, like, I I think, like, the coverage of this tournament, it's Mm – I don't think it's one where, like, I don't know how much we can say on a continual basis every time. No. But I think that this is one where audiences are left – and part of this, I think, falls on – the companies have not responded to this, and therefore the fans are left to make a determination, which is n- not really the most fair thing to do. But that's the situation, and I think it's just the audience doesn't know necessarily how much, how much am I going to be looking at the story that exists with Will Ospreay versus I'm turning that part of my brain off to watch wrestling. I'm not going to be doing the latter, but sure. um, that that's going to be a conflict.
0: So I I think, you know, this is a situation where it's perhaps it's not maybe as like cut and dry as like maybe some of the more, you know, notable speaking out stories that are out there. Um, but at the same time, for me, what is important is not necessarily like, you know, somebody making up their mind on whether or not what this person did was right or wrong. It's at the very least knowing what happened. And being aware of the facts of the situation and being aware of the situation itself rather than, you know, either ignoring it or pretending that you, it doesn't exist. Um, and I highly recommend uh, an article that Emily Pratt just posted yesterday. Um, if you follow her, uh, actually, I retweeted it on my account um, so you can uh, find it. But it's it's a great little document on Fanbyte that just documents, uh, you know. I would say factually, you know, a lot of the the, the events surrounding the controversies uh, of of Will Ospreay and what happened uh, with Pollyanna. Um, again, I would say this situation is different from the other situations that you've heard in speaking out. It does not mean that the man should be overlooked. You can make up your own opinions about, you know, how you feel about him. But it's like many other controversies surrounding other wrestling companies. It's important to be aware and to know what's going on. Uh, and you know, for you and I, John, it's definitely tough for me to like talk or rate these types of matches without at least acknowledging it like we are right now.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's what it is. And I I, like, I'm not going to shy away from talking about any of this. I do encourage people to read this article. It's like a very lengthy read from Emily Pratt, who tries to go into a lot of the specifics. What is known? What is not known? Uh, there's, there's an element of that as well. Like was, in terms of the accusation of him trying to blacklist Pollyanna, we've had one company that has come forward uh, making that allegation. We haven't heard it from other companies. That doesn't mean it's true or not true. It's just like that's that's all that the public is aware of at, at this point. Um, but anyway, I thought Emily does a really good job of going into all of the different nuances of this story. And I think it's just – like you always look at like sunlight is the best disinfectant instead of just letting this be this this story that is not talked about, that just exists. I always think that uh, getting these facts out there and having those discussions, it makes for a more informed audience of, okay, are people advocating that Will Ospreay have to leave the industry? Uh, maybe some are, but others are not. Others are kind of in uh, this situation that this is not a man that's being accused of some of the of, – heinous crimes but it is still something and so, the so should discipline we actually has
0: say for people who might not be aware like like kind of bare bones what what exactly this is this is because i imagine some people might be listening to this completely unaware even if if that's possible um
1: the facts of the story are that you know pollyanna ha- had come forward about being sexually assaulted years ago and the person named was a friend of will osprey's uh will osprey had tweeted back in 2017, pretty much uh, discrediting Pollyanna that this was fabricated. He later deleted that tweet, and he has come out, and he apologized for for tweeting that. He did acknowledge like him and Pollyanna do, do not get along, but he denied ever trying to blacklist her from the industry. Uh, she has since gotten out of wrestling um, over the past couple of years, but the one company... That came forward was a group called the IWL that did produce these emails where they were contacted when they had booked a match with Pollyanna stating that they did not want Pollyanna to be on this show and she needed to be off of the show and it was believed that it was at the prodding of Will Ospreay and was this more widespread um will osprey again he he has denied anything to do with with trying to to blacklist anybody but those are kind of like the what is known that's out there and it's the one company the iwl that uh, did produce these emails which did not come from will but came from you know some some third party thank you for that
0: appreciate the uh uh, concise recap but of course there's probably a lot more detail that goes into it again we encourage you to read uh, M- 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 a emily's report and really do your own research
1: so with that said um we will go into this match with osprey and yujiro and yujiro immediately gets dumped to the floor and after osprey lands on his feet from a pescado he takes an inverted ddt from yujiro uh back in the ring, he bites Osprey's hand. Then Osprey comes back with a handspring Siguri, springboard forearm. He's playing it up heavy to the crowd. The Stormbreaker gets blocked. Yujiro then goes with the uh, for the Miami Shine, and the Tokyo Pimps gets countered and Osprey hits the back elbow. Uh but this was from the front, so it wasn't really a hidden blade. It was a uh, blade to the face. And hits the Stormbreaker to win pretty decisively in 7 minutes and 44 seconds. I thought it was
0: a really good opener. You know, though it was short, I thought it was probably one of the best u matches I've personally seen. Really good back and forth here. Uh, certainly not a show stealer by any means, but I don't think it was meant to be. It was meant to be a good start to the tournament, which which I thought this
1: was. I thought that this was mainly uh, Will Ospreay coming back Fans haven't seen him in several months. He is winning in pretty dominant fashion. Uh, I went, uh, I think we have to kind of go over our our rating system for new listeners. Mm-hmm. But I went, I, I went with this one. Uh, I went medium, one milk, one sugar. This one didn't hit the large level to me. This was more so a showcase for Will Ospreay. And he did look great in this match. And you can see the muscle that he's put on as well. Um, yeah. Uh, sure. j- just his his size that that mm-hmm. was notable if like if if you hadn't seen the the wrestle talk show back uh, that was all the way back in march and then he's done these uh these red pro epic encounters shows i mean that's kind of the only uh wrestling you've seen of will osprey during this whole pandemic period
0: so to explain the the rating scale um you know people are, should be well familiar with just a simple star rating we have our own it is a coffee scale and rather than one star two star three star four star our scale goes from small medium large XL to the very coveted and very elusive double XL and to mark um the kind of half stars quarter stars we typically throw in perhaps a cream or one sugar and I, I to me John like I think we, you and I should maybe talk about this for some clarity because I've always thought it was maybe a point of contention like what how how much exactly is the value of like one cream or two creams or three creams in relation to perhaps you know like a star scale system, um, I think this year rather than like, you know, just throwing a random assortment of shit in t- inside our coffees, we got to keep it to some sort of standard. Okay, so I believe like,
1: in, in fairness, like not to say it's the most simple scale, but I don't think we've ever done two milks or two creams. I think we've always limited it to one milk, one sugar. Right. So what Increments. would that
0: translate to? You know, a third of a star. Two thirds of a star. You see the point of contention there. You know, we it's it's, we need like steps of twenty five percent is what I meant. So, like for instance, a medium one cream one sugar. What does that translate to in a star rating system?
1: That would be right below what the next level is. Like you could go, you could go medium. So is that two seventy five? Uh, sure. But then two point.
0: But then what's a two point five?
1: I I I think if you get away from the numbers of this, it's just there's there's two steps before you move up to the, to the next level.
0: So we just move up in increments of of like thirds, then.
1: Not in thirds. It's it's. <laughs> I think you're making this way more complicated than it is.
0: But it is complicated, you know. Like in in it's like I all I'm suggesting, John, is that we add one more item that we could possibly add onto the coffee in so order you're trying to...
1: to add you're, you're adding to this because you want a numerical equivalent to this when I I'm not even looking at the numerical.
0: Well, I do want a numerical equivalent. Then why because... aren't we
1: doing numbers to begin with?
0: Mm, Cause, um, this is more fun.
1: Um, okay. You come up with the system and I'll follow.
0: All right. So all I'm suggesting John is we add one other thing. Okay. So you can keep your creams. You can keep your sugars. Okay. But in order to step it up to, let's say, you know, let's say, okay, one one medium, one cream. That's a, a 2.25. One medium, one cream, one sugar. That's a 2.50. If you want to do a 2.75, you add a sleeve. Medium, one cream, one sleeve. That's your 2.75 before making the full step up to perhaps a large at three stars. So um, I don't know if that changes your rating for this particular match at all. I went large one cream for this one this would be you know equivalent of like a like a 325 for me um very good match but um there's definitely still room to grow
1: all right from there osprey got on the mic and said it was wonderful to see everyone again he missed everyone before this match he was scared and nervous before he looked into the mirror and said there's no reason to be nervous because I'm will osprey I'm the best wrestler in the world right now, Kenny. New Japan has been... He didn't say Kenny. New Japan has been good during the pandemic era, but it's so much better now that I'm back. And the G1 is about being the one you're looking at him. Pretty solid, like defiant promo here from Will Ospreay that, hey, I'm happy to see all you fans, but fuck you if you doubt me.
0: It's a... Much more cockier, much more confident Will Ospreay than I think we've heard. Um, The fact that he got a chance to promo in the middle of the event, which I think feels very unusual for New Japan. You know, usually like people talk at the end of the the show. But the fact that he got the chance to do it here suggests to me that he is going to be portrayed as a major part of not just this, this tournament, but New Japan's main event landscape going
1: forward. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be one of the major players in this tournament, and I think that was evident from from this match and even prior. I think everyone knew going in this was gonna be a big G1 for Osprey. Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. Best entrance in the industry, Tai Chi. And he attacks Cobb using the uh the gavel for the bell on the floor, and then Taichi gets into control until uh Cobb fights back in the ring, they're trading shots, the pants come off. And then he's caught by a big Death Valley driver from Cobb who hits a standing moonsault. Then he goes for the Tour of the Islands, which Taichi counters with a small package and gets a two count. The intensity picks up here with Taichi hitting a Saito suplex and then these rolling gut wrenches for Cobb. He goes for the Tour of the Islands. It's blocked. Taichi lands a super kick. And as he builds up, he lifts Cobb, Black Mephisto, and he pins Cobb. 12 minutes and 48 seconds i At this point, I was starting to regret not putting my picks in because go back to rewind to Smackdown. I was on a roll here, yeah, that's right
0: you you did pick uh tai Chi, okay, um, I got this one wrong unfortunately, because I thought uh Cobb was gonna well whatever it's like you know the it's you go one or the other i I thought this was a good match, you know, along with Yujiro, perhaps like these two make up the bottom end of this very stacked bracket with no one really giving them any sort of chance to win or even rank highly or. I don't even know how many people expect him to like have great performances. Uh, but certainly of the bunch, I think Cobb has the most to prove to me. Like he like last year, he was just kind of a generic, you know, guy who didn't really make much of an impression at all. Um, and in this match, I would say the first portion of it too, like it also felt a little uninspired. There's really not all that like that was interesting or memorable once they started to turn things up i thought Cobb really showed off like a unique identity with his like suplex machine style you know really if you look at the tournament he's the only guy this year who can potentially fill that monster role there's no Foley, no archer um so i think like Cobb really stands an opportunity to like you know may, like stand out above the rest and we'll see if he can
1: yeah, it's a big G1 for, for Cobb. I mean, in the one case, he's in a block to have some of the best matches of his career. At the same time, I think it's that much harder to stand out in a loaded block such as this. So I'm interested to see where this where this one goes. Um, this one to me was uh, a medium with a milk and a sugar, but not a sleeve. Got it.
0: I went large for this one.
1: Black. Large. Wow, look at that. I, I definitely am the tougher Raider, I think.
0: We definitely have like scales, and I think like it's kind of more difficult to, to gauge at the beginning of the tournament. We, of course, like open have the right to to revise our our scales, you know, as the as the tournament tournament progresses.
1: Uh, was this the weakest of the five tournament matches? Uh, yes, for me, yes, I thought so too. Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. It's still wild to watch. Like no one in the audience lets themselves get caught up in the moment and sings uh for mm. Suzuki's entrance it's just amazing that he comes out and it's still like just mind blow mind blowing to me that to hear it and no one yells the the big chorus uh but anyway it's a very obedient crowd they just clapped and clapped as he came in it's the it's
0: the biggest test of uh willpower uh, in my opinion of this audience you know
1: because i i don't think i could resist so every so often Some companies like WWE come WrestleMania time or they'll they'll put together some match with like these stars from the past. And it's always this game of, oh, the combined age of this match is so-and-so. This is your rebuttal the next time anyone uses this. Because here, the combined 96 years old of Tomohiro Ishii and Minoru Suzuki had one of the best matches this year. This... Was awesome. As good a thirteen minute match as you're going to see. It was everything you would have wanted out of these two. Big strikes right away in the first sixty seconds. The Gotch pile driver and brainbuster are attempted and blocked. Then the camera is on them, and I don't know if this guy like, took a spill or something, but the camera just zooms up. We go to the ceiling. I thought Retribution was showing up uh, before they went to a, a steady shot. Ishii is just staggering. Now, these two, you can focus on all the strikes you want. The selling by these two was just, like, unlike your typical pro wrestling setting. It was Ishii who just does that great staggering, like, you think this guy is, like, has lost his equilibrium, and Suzuki, when he would fall down, it would be like a fighter taking a head kick, and his legs just stop functioning and supporting the body as he would crumble down it was just great um they're they're both masters of, of that i mean as much as i think they've you know
0: created a an image for themselves of just being very hard like stiff strikers it's the antithesis of that that i think really makes them like that that incredible as performers um and you got to see it almost like a great mirror image of like you know how like one would dish out a great deal of very hard-looking punishment but how the other will take it and receive it to maximize the value of those shots
1: they're on their knees and going back and forth with these headbutts and then these big slaps and then ishii on his feet just clunks his head onto suzuki because of this new rating system you have devised <laughs> this this unprotected headbutt now has a new analogy, okay? When this headbutt happens, that's me ordering a coffee, and they don't offer me a sleeve. So I'm leaving <laughs> it. I'm happy I got a coffee, but my hand hurts, and it's not a perfect match, okay? That's what those headbutts are now in this.
0: It gives a new uh, meaning to, um, I guess, unprotected headbutts.
1: It's even stupider now, because the audience can't even like react to the headbutt. it's just met with that much more silence. So it's a completely stupid move. I agree with you. I, I they make me uncomfortable. Um, totally unnecessary in this match. You take this out. It's not a different match in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just just stupid. Anyway, Ishii gets him up and does this like sit out like Omori driver. Instead of coming down on his knees, he does like falls down on the ass, um, then goes with a sliding D Uh, Suzuki recovers the gotch gets blocked and then after a lariat Suzuki staggers and then he just roars like a goddamn dinosaur in Jurassic Park he goes back to slapping Ishii the forearm drops him and then Ishii hits a lariat and Suzuki crumbles down to the mat. The brain buster gets countered as Suzuki rolls through on the brain buster attempt and up to his feet where he hits the gotch pile driver and wins in 13 minutes. Man, open, open up the, the, the goddamn takeout window because you're going to need a tray as the extra large starts flowing milk, sugar, <sighs> but get out of here with any kind of sleeve. The headbutt hurt that one. Uh, this was my match of the show.
0: Wow, so you're going XL one cream one or one one milk one sugar for you, John?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I I hesitate to to go that high. This is one where maybe by the end of it, this one is not even top ten. But this one was spectacular, yeah. and uh, I I just thought this was. Damn near perfect for what you would have wanted out of a Suzuki Ishi match, and doing so in 13 minutes.
0: Don't doubt that. Uh, don't disagree with you there at all. For me, this was a straight up XL One Cream fantastic match. Exactly the type of action, and intensity, and pace that I think you you love and expect from these two. There were, you know, if if there's any detriment to it, it's the fact that there were perhaps no events, no 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 attempts at reinventing the wheel. But I don't know how many of us would want them to. I don't want these guys to suddenly have a technical wrestling match. This is what works, and this is what we want in the body of a show that doesn't really offer, um, you know, like a similar style. So they can wrestle this type of match all tournament, and, eh, you know, I I don't know how upset I would be. Let's also keep in mind that, you know, as far as the pairings go, um, these two, uh, as well, uh, you know, and and them paired paired with Shingo Takagi are are bound to be some of the more hard hitting types of matchups. But in this one, this one in particular, probably like yeah maybe maybe the hardest hitting one and it it would make sense why they would get this one out of the way first but some of the nuances i I, i've really come to enjoy and it's like the pacing of these matches where um you have like you know your very you know fast paced counters but then like peppered in between are your slow paced very kind of like facial expression heavy forearm exchanges that are just you know they're like typical new japan kind of like uh, endurance challenges but these two probably do it better than anybody else i mean these shots these forearms probably don't feel good at all but they're a smart way of conserving cardio for uh especially two older gentlemen here and really i think more importantly slowing down the pace of a match it's it's like almost like a really fast like thrash metal song and then like you slow down in the bridge with your melodic guitar solo before you ramp back up for the finish and it makes the slow part so much better it makes the whole song better so this match is basically uh master of puppets damn waiting bringing out the poetry on night 1 i mean you know like this was a match that i think you know inspires that that type of thought
1: like these guys are real artists if Minoru Suzuki has a big tournament, and what a what a start to it! By the end of this G one, he is a real contender when it comes to your wrestler of the year shortlist. Absolutely, yeah, um, which is fascinating for a fifty two year old. Like this is. Uh, this is like Mudo 2001 level uh, that that you're talking about. Someone that – like this is an interesting year because mm-hmm. depending on what your criteria for wrestler of the year is, a big component of that, it's not just in-ring. It's value to your company, how you draw. Mm. I mean dr- live attendance is kind of out the window this year, but I mean you you still do have you know how people have – like I would say MVP for a company this year, I, I think Chris Jericho is maybe at the top of that list, but – um, like this year, Minoru Suzuki. I can't say New Japan is a different company without him, but mm-hmm. Bell to Bell, this guy is certainly on the list this year. Uh,
0: I definitely agree. Uh, at the same time, like the year still feels very young because so much of it was lost to inactivity. Um, I I do have a feeling, like you know,
1: we got three months left, way. I, 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 I don't I don't mean to blindside you, but New Year's is just around the corner.
0: It's true, but I mean, I I definitely expect several candidates to emerge out of this particular tournament. But yeah, if you're going to look at the entire year, um, it'll definitely be a really strange one by the time we we hit December.
1: Jay White Shingo Takagi was next. Uh, Jay White comes out. He's flexing to the audience. Of course, I'm in. <sighs> Fucking shape! This is uh, this is what Brayden <laughs> Harrington does every morning out on his street. It's it's weird, but uh, anyway, whatever I uh, get you up in the morning. It's weird. He said He's, this at,
0: at the park the other day.
1: Of course, no, in did the he? Fucking shape. He says people have been waiting five months for a two sweet as he goes to get ghetto in the corner. I'm just gonna say, no one was waiting for this fucking thing. They should be calling it. Too sour because it leaves (laughs) a real bad taste in your mouth. Okay. That knife pervert. Fuck off. (laughs) Takagi gets run into the guardrail and then he's suplexed onto the edge of the apron. Uh, White is working on his back. uh, And then Takagi throws white into the guardrail and hits him with a DDT into the ring. We go. uh, And it was Jay white, just stopping Shingo every time he was going for made in Japan and trying to get any kind of uh, sequence going with his offense. White tries to, uh, he continues to counter. He hits the Kiwi Crusher, signals for the Blade Runner, and now Takagi is stopping it. Uh, but Jay White drops these elbows on him, and it's countered with Maiden Japan. White kicks out, and then Shingo's escalating, and he's trying for Last of the Dragon. But it gets avoided with Jay White holding on to Red Shoes, and Ghetto then gets stopped by Takagi as he gets involved. The Blade Runner is blocked, hits a pumping bomber, and then he lifts up Jay and Jay knocks Red Shoes out to the floor. He hits last of the dragon, but Red Shoes is not there to count. So Jay White recovers, low blow, and then sets up the Blade Runner. Red Shoes returns and counts to three at 19 minutes and 29 seconds.
0: I thought this was an excellent match. And um, I wasn't necessarily like... Um, looking forward to this one as much like amongst the rest of the, the crop uh, on paper heading into the show, but I realize like I've actually really missed Jay White's very subtle countering style. Um, it's a style you really have to pay close attention to in order to appreciate, in my opinion. But it makes him definitely stand out amongst this roster. He like presents you know almost like an intricate puzzle that all of his his opponents are forced to solve in order to hit their big moves. And I thought they displayed that really well here with like his counters of just even something as simple as like the sliding lariat where Jay just simply lies down on his back, you know, to avoid it. It's that sort of like really cocky, like almost, I I almost want to like compare him to orange Cassidy, like in how lazy he kind of is with his counters sometimes, but like he does it in a more cocky, you know, like asshole type of way. Um, I thought he looked great here, as did Shingo Takagi, of course. Everything you've come to expect from him, you saw here. Great power moves, great strikes, intensity of character really comes through. Um, You know, I think people are always going to be complaining about this, like, bullet club cheating stuff. But, like, come on, this is, like, several years in now. You have to expect it from Ghetto's booking. The man is a heel. You're, you're going to have to book him to get wins by the end of this tournament, especially if you're Jay White, and especially if you're evil. So, um,
1: this was on the lower side too yeah. of the, the bullet club bullshit stuff. I mean, this was to me, uh, y- you had the ref bump. I mean, that will get old if, if they rely on that crutch too much, but to me, uh, maybe it's just cause it's night one, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't have like a uh, detrimental effect to me on the match. I thought, I thought both guys were great. I thought Shingo was fantastic in this match and Jay White, it, like he's a polarizing style. You either enjoy it or, or it's a turnoff for you, but he is a different kind of performer. And I think in a time when we so want to see uh, differences from any kind of patterns, I, I mean, he is that. Um, so I, I, I like the match. It was uh, for me, like I had this, this was like my third favorite match of the tournament, uh, which sounds uh, bigger than it is because <laughs> this thing, we have five matches to judge it, but uh, it was my third best match of the day. So that's as, as far as I'm going to go, I gave this a, a, a large, I actually no additional components. Well,
0: I actually went XL for this one. I I, wow. I did enjoy it. Um and it was actually my second favorite match of the show. And maybe we'll go on to talk about, you know, dissenting opinion as we talk about the main event. But um I, I definitely agree. To me, it's like not so much the cheating, but how much they abuse the device. I thought they were perfectly within their bounds here. You know, it was like one rough bump, one low blow, right into the finish. Um, I thought it was perfectly legitimate for a heel.
1: Kazuchika Okada, Kota Abushi rematch from January 4th. Um, the audience is just clapping uh, their approval as the bell rings and we get the long stare from the two across the ring. Uh, it picks up when uh, on the floor, abushi takes this hard Irish whip chest first into the guardrail and then another DDT onto the ground. They were certainly uh, not judicious when it came to DDTs on the floor. Okada is just working for this money clip, which is the name he's given the Cobra Clutch. He's working on the neck. Abushi gets out. Then Abushi hits an acai moonsault to the floor. This thing looked uh, beautiful. Man is 38 years old. I don't know what gene Kota Abushi and Paul Rudd have, but it's (laughs) unbelievable.
0: Just imagining Paul Rudd doing an acai moonsault now. (laughs) It's like this guy will be 40 in two years. Uh, He looks 25. No, it's incredible. I mean, the man is, I think, you know, not just youthful in appearance, but I think in mindset. And maybe that has something to do with it.
1: They battle on the turnbuckle. Okada tries a tombstone off the turnbuckle, but Ibushi goes down to the edge of the apron and comes back with a springboard and nearly loses his balance. Not only regains it, but finishes the super Frankensteiner uh, unbelievable balance, but also big credit to Okada, who assisted greatly here as they saved this. Uh, but mm-hmm. this was something that they salvaged. Very
0: spectacular save from both of them.
1: Somewhere in all of this, Okada busted his left cheek. You could see like in the close-up that there was a bit of a cut, and it was also swelling. Um, he hit a tombstone. Abushi comes back. He sets up for the Bomae. Uh, this is where he runs into the tombstone after going for the Bomae. The money clip is applied. This is at the 20-minute mark. And early on in this match, like, we had been going over our predictions for this. And when the bell rung, I instantly thought, this is the match that should go the time limit. Because I was saying how it feels like too early for Ibushi to beat Okada in the tournament. And I thought, I mapped out the whole tournament way during these, this match. Mm-hmm. Where they go the time limit, and then for the first time in the longest time, Block A ends with a tie. And we've got to have a face-off between Okada and Abushi on the last night of the A block, which this year of all years, where there's less matches on the cards, this makes the most sense in the world. Wait, and then so, we got the so, finisher. So they
0: would do two matches?
1: Okada and Abushi have separate matches on the final night of the A block. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when Okada's against Osprey. Well, the B block but...
0: final, you mean.
1: No, I'm saying like for, for the A block final, yeah. at the end of that night, they'd be tied with points. So you'd have to do a playoff. Have they done playoff before? They've done it in the past. And where would they wrestle? When? At the end of the A block night. So they would do a second match? Yes. I see. All I- of this was thrown out the window.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still a possibility, but but maybe not for this.
1: Well, you don't need the, I mean, now there one has the win over the other. So it doesn't necessitate, because if they were tied on points, they're also tied because they have the time limit here. It's possible for another pairing, I meant. Yes, so Abushi hits a V trigger. The Kamigoye gets stopped with an Okada drop kick, and then he hits another with Abushi coming off the ropes. And then Okada holds onto Abushi's wrists, teasing his own Kamigoye. When Abushi breaks the grip, drop kicks him. Bomaye, Kamigoye, and Kota Abushi wins the match in 21 minutes and 36 seconds.
0: I thought it was definitely a good match. You know, they they kept a very good slow pace throughout. But it never hit that next level for me, Um, at least not I think of the expectation and standard I would expect from these two. For me, much of it, Okada's Cobra Clutch. I mean, as hard as he's tried to get it over as a legitimate finisher, to to me, it just doesn't elicit that near fall excitement that you know. It doesn't look that great.
1: Let's be honest. It's it's a really lousy submission.
0: It's just doesn't have the intensity of something like a uh, you know a Raymaker attempt. So he's really swapped it out and really tried to like make make it his. Big near fall thing, and I just it doesn't work for me. Um, to me, like watching a match like this, it still very very much feels to me like Okada is operating at only a very, you know, lower portion of his capabilities. And like I said, like in our preview, I I don't discount the idea that he's doing this on purpose for the sake of telling some sort of redemption story by the end of the tournament. I think him losing here, uh, perhaps even going on to lose a few more before like really ramping up wins might tell that story. I thought Kota Bushi looked tremendous, but I think he too felt like he was. Slightly being handicapped due to like the slower pace of this match, so um, you know G one's definitely a marathon. So I don't get mad at people being conservative, but for me, this was not great, but very good. So I went just below an XL with large one cream, one sugar, one sleeve.
1: A sleeve, yeah. My goodness, um, that you know the sleeve. It should have a direct effect to the amount of heat in the match. How much <laughs> you need the sleeve? We, we, we're on sure. to something here. Uh, I went XL, nothing above that. I really liked the match. It wasn't anywhere in the proximity of their Wrestle Kingdom match. Um I am with you like if you were wi- it-, it didn't hit their highest gear. Definitely not. And the finish almost felt um you know the story was that like Okada was just getting cocky by going for Abushi's own move and it cost him. And afterwards, Abushi did a promo and this was translated by Chris Charlton, busy working on Twitter. Uh so this was Abushi's promo. This wasn't just any match. Last year in the G1, beating Okada put me in the finals. On January 4th, I lost. So this was about revenge, in a way. But I had to give it my all. I said I was thinking about pacing in this league, but I had to give it my all today. What you saw was no different. It was 2020 Okada and 2020 Abushi, But Okada didn't go for the Rainmaker. And if he doesn't do that, he hasn't given all he has. I want to face him again. When I said I will become God... Maybe you can speculate that I want to be on the level of my gods Nakamura and Tanahashi. That's fine, but what I mean is I actually plan to be God. Capital G. Attack and the throne of Bushi, you can try. So you wanna wow. to get to talk about cocky osprey? This was a bushi. No. Legit god.
0: Yeah, that's certainly next level. Oh, um,
1: this this was missing a live translation on the broadcast. I mean, I thought this was a fantastic promo. The best Twitter promo I've read this year. Wow. Uh like what does that mean?
0: He wants to be God. Like creating his own religion. Um I don't know. Like was,
1: is there a Because a God is bigger than the Alpha or the Omega.
0: Uh Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like is there is this some sort of like Scientology thing, like Uh, a cult that he's starting up, and how do I sign up?
1: Maybe this is a sign of the Gorillas of Destiny uh, coming back.
0: Oh, that type of God, capital
1: G. Of course, I hope not. But um, anyway, I again, I I thought it was the second best match of the show. Um, I had this ahead of uh, Takagi and Jay White, but. Uh, Suzuki Ishii was my my match of the show by a by a strong
0: margin. I agree with you. Um, I I thought it was very strong, but I also really love Shingle versus Jay White. Um, you know, in the end, it's probably a matter of your taste, but I think for most people, Ishi and Suzuki is that perfect kind of starting note of the G One that really tells you, hey, like this is serious now. Um, but all in all, a great show from New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was a joy to watch. Very digestible. If we're talking strictly bell to bell action. How long would you say, John? You can probably get through this in, like, what, like 90 minutes?
1: Uh, Maybe a little more than that. I mean, the runtime was two and a half hours, but that also had a little gap there between matches uh, when they were doing the, like, sanitizing the ring. Um, Yeah, like, this is, it, it wasn't a lengthy watch. And in terms of a live event, for a fan going there, like, a two and a half hour show... Without like all the underneath tags, it still worked out to be a lengthy show. And the byproduct of no tags is that uh, you may see some G1 matches get lengthier match times, which can be good and bad when you're doing this marathon of matches. You don't want guys going out and having to do uh, 20, 25 minutes uh, up and down. I think you. And, and tonight, like if ever you needed evidence that you can have a match of the year candidate in 13 minutes, I mean, you didn't really need this evidence today, but Suzuki and Ishii certainly backed that up.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, didn't feel like I lost anything without having all that stuff. In fact, like for the first time in months, it to me, this felt like the closest thing we've had to a normal wrestling experience. You have a New Japan roster that's pretty much at full capacity at this point and a building that felt as close to capacity as we've seen any building since the pandemic. So I had very little issues with any crowd noise today. Perhaps that's also due to how animated like, the Japanese commentary is. But this in no way felt like a handicapped presentation of you know, your typical G1 experience.
1: No, it was, it was a really strong start from new Japan with the G1. They'll be in the same venue uh, late tonight, early Sunday morning with the start of the B block. Uh, But before we go over the matches that are happening uh, tomorrow, do you want to give any of the uh, contest updates after day one? Absolutely.
0: And we thank Chris Engler, our contest master for uh, again, waking up early to tabulate this. He is posting contest results updates. Uh, you know, I don't want to necessarily say every day for it, but on a pretty regular basis at forum.postwrestling.com. Simply look for the G1 2020 contest results updates thread. I'll also bookmark it at postwrestling.com slash G1 words, which is where we'll, you'll be able to find all of our G1 coverage on the site. Uh, but this first edition of the show, I want to update everybody, first of all, on your predictions. So how did people guess tonight would go? Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi. 50% of you thought Kodobushi would win, which meant 50% of you also thought Kazuchika Okada would win. So half of you were right. Half of you were completely wrong. Uh, maybe, I guess nobody really predicting draws or at least a very insignificant portion predicting draws. Um, Jay White versus Shingo Takagi. 79% of you accurately predicted that Jay White would be the victor of that match. Minoru Suzuki versus Tomohiro Ishii. Another 50% split right down the middle. For Minoru Suzuki. And for Tomohiro Ishii. So half of you got that wrong too. Um, tai Chi versus Jeff Cobb. Also very close. 47% of you guessed that tai Chi would win. So some of you. Most of you including myself. Favoring Jeff Cobb. But uh, Taichi got that one. And Will Ospreay versus Yujo Takahashi. Perhaps the biggest landslide of any of them. 92%. Predicting that Wool Osprey will win. Uh would would win that match. And I think that might be a common theme for many of these role matches coming up. Um but we go to our contest standings. I, I won't even bother like updating people on like the block points because it's like pretty insignificant this this early. Uh yeah. but at the very top here, contest point standings, several of you got perfect cards today. Um, I'm not even going to really read through everybody's names because we have so many, but, uh, by alphabetical order, Aaron Conway, Adam Tersini, Bethany, Brian J, Charlie B, C Arajo, Christian Simon, Dan E. And let me zoom all the way down to Zegro. Zegro. I'm sure. I feel like he's making a reappearance here, but you guys got perfect cards along with several others, which I haven't been able to mention. Uh, most importantly, John, though, post wrestling family C block standings. This is a unofficial ranking system. Honestly, to me, the only one I personally care about because uh, I simply want to beat WH, Brad the Archivist, David Portman, Benno, Mike Murray, Randall Bot 2000, and most importantly, the queen of C block herself, Vivian Murray. Look out. Now, I'm proud to say after night one, I am at the top, I am at oh. the climax. Of the post wrestling family C block standings with a four out of five accurate predicted card uh, standing atop Randall bought 2000 at three Mike Murray at three Beno at three and then Vivian at two Davey Portman Brad the Archivist at two and unfortunately at the very bottom on night one going
1: one out of five WH Park. Wow. Well, it's going to be a heated battle in the C block here at post wrestling. Look at that waiting. The God on top, capital G, <laughs> on top of the G1.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Okay, well, uh, the B Block kicks off on Sunday, and we've got Yotosuji taking on Gabriel Kidd in the Young Lions opener, and then tournament matches. Juice Robinson, in his return, takes on Yoshihashi. Toriyano versus Sonata. Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. and the main event, Tatsuya Naito against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So an interesting lineup. And I think we could get some I think these will be tougher matches to predict than night one.
0: I think so too. Um yeah, nothing really like stands out. Uh what's your excitement level for this after, you know, seeing this like stacked day block?
1: I'm really looking forward to Naito and, and Tanahashi, what kind of match they have um together, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at all this. Uh Goto Kenta, I think is going to be a sleeper. I think that one's going to be a really solid match. Um opening two matches, uh we'll see. I mean, it's Sonade and Yano. That could be entertaining for its in its own way. Uh Juice Robinson is like to me Jeff Cobb. Like he's someone as well that needs to have a big tournament. I I think to kind of reestablish himself. I think he's kind of fallen into kind of a background role even before the the absence of everything. So I think this is a a chance for him to have you know some big performances in the in the G1. So we'll see how he kicked things off with uh the loose explosion himself, Yoshihashi. Oh man. Yes. Uh yeah, no,
0: like, you know, this, this group definitely, I think, you know, might have a bit of a chip on their shoulders, I hope, because um night one's results were fantastic. So B block has a lot to live up to. And uh, yeah, we'll see if they live up to it.
1: Well, I'm gonna uh, sign off. I am off to a Zoom birthday party, so that that is all for, for me today. But, way we will be back on Sunday, around uh, Sunday afternoon, with our B-Block review in Osaka. So, another show to come uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh, exclusive for patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com. We hope, if you enjoyed this, that you join us for the entire ride throughout September and October. Uh, along with any of, the, uh, of our other bonus shows. And one more time, store.postwrestling.com, 25% off sale just this weekend, ending on Monday. So uh, yeah, show your support that way.
1: All right, we'll be back, cafe members, uh, Sunday afternoon. Look out for that show. Spread this free one around, and you can leave us your feedback as well on Twitter or forum.postwrestling.com. Leave us your thoughts on the night one matches as well. That is it for us. For waiting. I'm John Pollock. Goodbye.